TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. From KMOX Sports. Okay, boys, here we go. Welcome to the Great Bar Sports Open Line. Those bit swings and he hits a drive. He hits a slammer. Great Bar, your distributor for electrical and data comm needs. Here we go. Now. Matt Pauley on America's Sports Voice, KMOX. All right, man, let's get going here. Here we go, here we go, here we go. Let's go. For the first time since the Cardinal season has come to an end, we come your way with a full two-hour edition of a Graybar Sports Open Line right here on KMOX. My name is Matt Pauley. Fantastic to have you with us. We've got a full program coming up between now and 8 o'clock. As always, if you want to join us, multiple ways to get connected. You can call and or text 314-436-7900. 314-436-7900. That's how you call. That's how you text. You can also tweet at me if you would rather, at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. What we're going to do today, this is our first, we did this a little bit during our half-hour show yesterday, but we weren't able to really, really dive in. So what we're going to do today, largely we are going to spend a couple hours looking back and looking forward when it comes to the Cardinals and what has to happen with this team moving forward and what we should expect to happen this offseason in what is as important of an offseason, I would argue, I would argue this is the most important offseason the Cardinals have had since 1996, right before Tony La Russa came in and they, they remade that team going into that year. And it feels like uh, not every single year since 96 has been a playoff year. Not every single year since uh, then has, uh, has looked and, and felt the same. But it feels like if that's an era, that era with Adam Wainwright calling it a career and the, the group of guys that are still around, I don't know. It just To me, it feels like this is kind of a crossroads moment for this organization and what they do this off season is going to tell us a lot of how things are going to look moving forward. They have said all the right things. They've said all the right things. And that is what we have largely chronicled over the course of the last two to three months. The, the various press conferences from President of Baseball Operations, John Mosellock, in addition to his appearances here on KMOX, especially on Sunday mornings with Tom Ackerman. The comments made, especially recently, by Cardinals manager Oliver Marmel. All the right things have been said about what this team needs to do this offseason, the way it needs to, the way the roster really needs to be revamped in a major kind of way. 
the correct things have been said, but now that the season is over and free agency doesn't start until after the World Series comes to an end, so there's only so many things you can do for the next month or so. But we have essentially hit the point now where what you say has to be followed up by actions. They have to go get pitching. They have to go revamp the roster. Yeah, I I was actually thinking about this today. I I say this a lot. When I'm wrong on things, I'm not afraid to tell you I'm wrong. I, I and and you know, me like just about everybody else out there, one of the areas that I got it wrong clearly was how good I thought this team was gonna be this past year. I thought they were gonna be flirting with ninety wins and I thought they were gonna win the division by ten games or more. You couldn't have been more wrong than I was wrong on that. But another area that I was wrong on is the depth of the 40-man roster. And this is actually what I was thinking about today as I was driving into the station. Because your roster, your 40-man roster, is so vitally important. You have to have guys who are at AAA who can come up and um, and and make an impact on the team and fill in when you when you need them to fill in, and you look at some of the individuals down the forty man roster, and they just weren't the type of contributors that you would have liked for them to be. So I don't know how many times last off season I talked about the depth of the forty man roster. I think I got that one wrong. I don't think the forty man roster was as deep as I thought it was to be. And what that also means is that's another area that this team needs to be able to kind of fortify the, in addition to just pitching, really putting together a 40 man roster. That's got depth from top to bottom that when you have injuries or something else going on at the major league level, and you have to dip into your, your triple a depth that you're going to have guys who can come in and do a really nice job. And they got a little bit of that, but they did not get it across the board the way that historically this organization has. So every move that this t- that you know when there's a a guy that clearly is not probably going to be on the major league roster coming out of spring training but he does get a 40 man spot when there's somebody who later on in spring training gets the proverbial minor league contract with the invite to spring training all those moves are big because there's so many areas that this team does need to improve. Pitching, organizational depth, uh, I still wouldn't mind. It's not a key thing. They're they're a pretty darn good offensive club, but I wouldn't be angry about them bringing in another middle-of-the-order type bat, maybe an outfielder uh, that allows you to do some things. There's just (laughs) – there's a lot of moving pieces this offseason, and between free agency and via trades – it's going to be very fun and very interesting to watch the way John Mosellock, Mike Gersh, and company put together this roster for 2024. So we're going to get a lot more into this later on in the program. We'll be giving you opportunities to call in and text in and give your thoughts on what you want to see the Cardinals do moving forward. Uh, we'll do that coming up later on. But uh, a couple guests for our next two segments. Derek Gould is going to join us here in about five minutes. And then later on in the hour, we'll talk with uh, Benji Molina. So we'll get their thoughts on what the Cardinals have to do moving forward and also look back a little bit 
on what was a really cool weekend when it comes to uh, Adam Wainwright. But again, if you want to join us at Matt Pauly on air, that's how you tweet in. You can uh, text or call 314-436-7900. Calling right now won't do anything for you, but if you want to get your text in here, we can certainly read those coming up uh, later on in the program. But up next, we'll be joined by Post-Dispatch and STL Today lead Cardinals beat writer Derek Gould. He joins us in just a moment here on a Graybar Sports Open Line on KMOX. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allow 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device, credit, service, ported, 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. He's America's sports voice, KMOX. The 2-2 pitch with two outs. A swing and a miss. A Redbird winner on Adam Wainwright Day in St. Louis. They set off the fireworks in downtown St. Louis. The Cardinals beat the Reds 4-3. Smiles in the Cardinal dugout and a smiling Adam Wainwright. Our Cardinals postmortem officially underway here on KMOX as we try to figure out what in the world just happened and what in the world is going to happen moving forward. Welcome back in. It is a Graybar Sports Open Line here on KMOX. Nobody better to talk about that with than uh, the lead Cardinals beat writer for the Post Dispatch and STL today. He is at Derek Gould and he joins us right now via the Quiver River Electric Guest Line. Derek, thanks for taking some time with us today. How are you? You bet. I'm I'm good. And you, Matt? I am I'm doing well. It feels weird that the season is over, but that happens certainly uh, every season. Uh, I wanted to start with this. I think it was you who asked the question, who got the answer from Oliver Marmel, where he talked about what he was looking for next season and uh, having you know guys who are more worried about the team than worried about about themselves. That was that of everything he has said in the last week or so. That's probably gotten the most reaction. What did you think when you heard those words coming out of his mouth? Yeah. So the question that uh, that was asked or that I asked was the you know all right. So what do you start? What's the first thing you do? If you're, if he had talked to us about how the, the moves to 2024 started immediately after this game ended. And while acknowledging that, look, you know, the front office has already been working and they've already been in conversation with the manager and his coaching staff about 2024 and have been for weeks now. Um, I asked, all right, well, when this game is over, what's the first thing that you think needs to happen that you need to start on? 
for 2024. And that was his answer was that, you know, you, you had to make sure that the clubhouse is full of guys who, um, you know, are, are focused on the team and not themselves. Um, and I, I think a, a quick corollary to that, I think it's interesting that when Adam Wainwright was asked or he brought up what his message to the team was, he, he, he had that same kind of theme where it's about the, the brand on the front of the jersey, not the name on the back is what he told his teammates. Um, I mean, it caught everybody's ear. We were all obviously there, the writers, and you know, it stood out. And uh, he was asked to elaborate on it. What did he mean? And he declined um, and said, I, I think that's, you know, I think that's pretty descriptive enough. Um, you know, it's not unusual for a team. Um, and usually you see this from afar when it comes to the St. Louis Cardinals. You usually see this in the teams that they play. But it's not unusual for a team that's losing and can't find its way as a team and doesn't seem to be coordinated as a team to then have players of all types um, at various times during the season wonder about themselves and what does this mean for their career and how can you get the most of it personally? That's not unusual. Um, And it also isn't like damning on one individual player or saying that a player can't come back from it. To me, as I thought about it and thought about it, like how it harmonized with what, you know, Wainwright said, and then also kind of asked around a little bit more, is it's it's a tone that he wanted to set um, as well, in addition to like saying, okay, look, are you pulling the rope in the same direction? Or are you pulling the rope in your own direction? Then maybe this isn't the rope for you to hold, and you should go elsewhere. But it's also like, if you're going to stick around, this is what is expected of you. If we want you to stick around, this is what's expected of you, and this is where it begins. Um, I think in a way... It's very easy to set that tone when you win. It's very difficult to have that when you lose. And his way to start 2024 is as if, is at least with a winning mentality, not just talking about expectations and goals and stuff like that, but a substantive, this is what where it begins. What kind of impact can that have on a uh, there's going to be some professional athletes, some baseball players who hear that and just kind of shrug. Some who say, "Well, they're, they're not talking about me." Like, what? How does? What's the action that follows that? I guess is what I'm trying to ask you because I I don't know how to put myself in their place where I know how I would feel as a baseball player if my manager is saying that publicly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess I'm kind of in that same spot, right? just a writer so i'm not sure i would know what to do in that spot either except for all right well that's the that's the standards you've set um i think we could think about it in our business or we could think about it in any business where all right that is the standard that management is set am i agreeable to that do i understand that do i feel that that's an indictment on me and i need to change can i change um you know at one point in time he brought up the fact that you have to look in the mirror um, and go, what went wrong and what part, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing here, but like what went wrong and what part can I play in getting it right? And I think that's part of the answer, right? Like, okay, if that's the tone that he set, you, you go, all right, I buy into that. I can be a part of that. Um, or do some self-reflection and say, ooh, that's where I went wrong. Or, oh, that's where I could invent. I think, I think there's a real call a foot both within the clubhouse and from the coaches in a way to say, look, take, take ownership of what happened, but more so take ownership of the direction it had next and have that be a community effort, a communal group effort 
um, not just wait for the pitcher from outside to walk through the door and elevate them. They have to take ownership too. They have to be part of that leadership. They can't wait for the answer via free agency or say, well, changes are coming, surrender to them. We'll see what it looks like. Have a good winter. Um, I think there's a real message there that some of that leadership, some of that change, some of that turnaround has to come from who some people who are already there and they can't just wait for the new person to do it. Oliver Marmel said, fix it. John Mosaloc, since the trade deadline, has been very open about revamping the roster, pitching, 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 all the things he said. It, have they almost painted themselves into a corner now where they don't have any choice but to go out and, and have a remarkable offseason? Well, I mean, it takes two to tango, right? Yeah. Like, they can say that, but they don't have the Jedi mind trick of these are the pitchers you're looking for and all the pitchers come running. I mean, they don't, they don't have that. They have to make competitive offers, and they have to win auctions, and they bluntly have to change some of their approaches from the past. Now, every indication is from their words and from what we hear about their internal conversations that they are willing to do that. And, you know, in a, way, a while back, this goes back many, many years, and I think, you know, I think maybe, maybe it was 27. Um, coming off of the Cubs World Series. You know, I was talking with Theo Epstein. It might have been just before. It might have been 15 or 17, one of those two. And I was talking with Theo Epstein, and he said, you know, everybody in the division knows what can happen when the Cardinals put their financial pedal down. And we wait to see that. Well, you know, maybe they'll see that. Maybe, you know, we've seen it in kind of bursts. We've seen it in fourth gear. um, But they haven't been willing to kind of go into fifth gear if I can really torture the analogy and and go after the starting pitcher, Um, maybe that's where they're headed, but that doesn't guarantee that those pitchers will say yes. Um, They have, they've, they've called their shot. And I think that hints at two things. One, that they want to back those comments with aggressiveness. And if they start to scale back on them, they'll be reminded of them by the media. And two, you know, folks want, I mean, I'm sure you hear it. I hear it. I see it on social media. My emails are filled with it. I get text messages from friends and family wondering, like, where's the accountability? Where's the ownership? Where's the, where's the, you know, Gabe Kapler's out in San Francisco. Buck Showalter's out with the Mets. And yet, you know, the Cardinals are, are riding forward with this leadership group that got them into this bind and this coaching group that just oversaw the first 90 loss season and how long, you know, in a generation plus. Um, you know, why, why is that? And I think actually those comments that you made are, are an indication of that accountability. You know, the comments from Mo have acknowledged directly that it was the roster, that the pitching caved in on them, that their development did not provide for them. And you, you ask a great question. Did they paint themselves into a corner? Sure they did, but it wasn't with their comments. It's with this season and what went wrong and the roster they have, and the development they didn't, and the pitching that absolutely fell apart on them, that painted them into a corner. The words are their way out of that corner. The actions are their way out of that corner. Final question for Derek Gould from the Post-Dispatch and STL Today. You made uh, note this past weekend that of every Cardinal that you've written about, you've probably the most words that you've written about, Yadier Molina, but number two on that list is Adam Wainwright. His career comes right. to an end. Um, yeah. What 
you, you cover somebody, but when you're around somebody that long, when somebody gives you that much time, uh, there it's mm-hmm. it, there's a relationship there. What what does it mean to you to have covered Wainwright for his entire career, and were you able to enjoy watching uh, the way he was honored over the course of his final weekend? Yeah, I really, I really did. Um, uh, particularly, um, I was I was really happy to see his older brother Trey. Um, his mom, Nancy, and his wife, Jenny, um, there on the field and the acknowledgments that they got and the, you know, just the participation they had, what Adam had to say about them, how much those folks and his, his in-laws too, how much they mean to him. And he, he talked about being around somebody, um, well, for, I mean, you know, his first spring training was 04. My first spring training on the beat was 05. Um, he made his debut later that year. Um, and, you know, we've, we've had a lot of conversations through the years. We, uh, we both, I mean, I, I can, I'll say it back in 06, we both became fathers for the first time at the, around that same time, that same season. And that was some of the conversations we had was like, all right, what's it like being a dad and traveling all the time? And, what, what does that what does that look like and how do you adjust and how do you be present and all those things um, you know those just some of the conversations there as we were both much younger in baseball um, and around baseball in baseball for him around baseball for me um, so I was really yeah I thought it was a great kind of ceremony um, and to see the people who I've gotten to know because of what they've put into his life and how they've influenced him also celebrated was great and uh you know i mean he uh through the years he he gave me the trust um to tell his story and uh i hope i did it fairly um but i also hope along the way that i got to introduce uh him to fans and and so sad and him that uh that were also celebrated um through uh through the stories i got to tell he is Derek gould another fantastic season covering the cardinals there is not a beat writer better than Derek Gould walking the face of the earth, and I'm glad he's able to spend some time with us. Derek, thank you for the time. Thank you for the season, and I'm sure we'll talk uh, again very soon. Thank you. Thank you so much, Matt. Thanks for the kind words there, too. I hope you have a great offseason. I'm sure we'll talk a lot. Yeah. I'm sure we'll see. And, and, hey, can I say congratulations and well done on calling the games. You were uh, – I mean, I can't – I think you were the best pinch hitter the Cardinals had this year, most productive pinch hitter that the Cardinals called upon this year. I think we can say that. I, I don't know about that, but thank you for the nice words. It was an honor that I was able to do it, and it means a lot that they thought of me. Yeah. Have a great night. Thanks. Awesome. Thanks, Derek. That's Derek Gould joining us here on a Gray Bar Sports Open Line. We're going to uh, jump into the broadcast booth, the Spanish-language broadcast booth. Benji Molina's going to join us. He had an interesting uh, weekend with all the Adam Wainwright stuff going on. And uh, his brother, a certain former Cardinal, made an appearance. Uh, We'll talk to uh, Benji about his thoughts on the team and also what the weekend was like for him. That's coming up in just a moment. It's a Graybar Sports Open Line on KMOX. This is the Graybar Sports Open Line. Those bit swings and he hits a drive. He hits a slammer. On America's Sports Voice, KMOX. The Great Bar Sports Open Line continues here on KMOX. My name is Matt Pauley, taking you till 8 o'clock this evening. The Cardinals postmortem underway, and we're going to be doing a lot of this, especially over the course of the uh, baseball playoffs. By the way, Rangers beat the Rays 4-0 in the first playoff game of the day. Then just a few moments ago, the Twins were able to finish off the Blue Jays 3-1. 
underway right now. The Brewers lead the Diamondbacks 1-0 top of the second. And in about 20 minutes, Marlins and Phillies will get underway. We're very happy to go back to the Quiver River electric guest line right now. We welcome in uh, a former major leaguer and now part of the uh, Cardinals broadcast team on the Spanish side of things on radio. He is uh, Benji Molina. Benji, thanks for taking some time with us today. How are you? Oh, no, man. Thank you so much for having me on your show, man. I, I enjoy doing this, and thank you for having me. Yeah, we're glad to be able to uh, to talk to you. We'll get to Cardinals, uh, you know, the the state of the team in a moment. But I got to ask you, uh, this past weekend, everything that happened with Adam Wainwright, and then uh, you guys were involved in the Spanish language booth as uh, as Albert Pujols and your brother Yadier come up, and uh, at one point there's a there's a sign being posted out of your booth of, of "Let Wayno Bat." Like just that whole experience. What was it like to be part of that this past weekend? Oh my gosh, man. I think it was super memorable. I think it was super special. Not because only my brother and Pujols came up to the booth, because obviously that is, that is, that talks by, by itself. But the whole emotions that whole weekend was, you know, the whole emotion that we know and we knew that Wayno, once his weekend was over, uh, Wayno's career was going to be over too, you know. So what that brought, to to St. Louis was crazy and to be part of it, to enjoy it, to I think I had so many videos and having Wayno sing after the Saturday game fireworks, which we haven't seen fireworks in, in a long time in St. Louis, other than the home runs and wins. But um it was pretty pretty special, man. I, I cannot put words in my in my mouth like super high, but it was pretty memorable and pretty special. Adam talked about how he wished that every pitcher out there would be able to have the type of relationship that he had with 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 Yadier. You uh, probably the team the team that you were with the longest was the Angels, and you were with some other teams. Did you were there any pitchers out there that you look back on and having a really special relationship with that pitcher catcher relationship? Um, I can tell you what I, I had a very very special relationship with all my Angel pitchers because. A lot of them, and if not all of them, I grew up with them in the minor leagues. So for me, that was special to see him grow the Washburn, the Sean Weiss, the Ortiz, the Lackey, uh, you name them. All, all those guys were out there. And, and to be part of them uh, and their success, it was pretty special. It was nothing like Wayno and Yadi, obviously. It was nothing like that because of the years of these two uh, being together, right? So uh, for me, it was very special because of the relationship we have with each other out there. Uh, I can even imagine how special uh, was this relationship between Yadi and Wayno. I cannot even imagine to comprehend that. When did you know that Yadi was going to be coming to town? Um, I did not know. I had a, I had a maybe, I had a yes, I had a no. <laughs> uh, and my text, I had no idea he was going to show up that day. Uh, the reason he told me afterwards, because we went to eat afterward, you know, um, after the game, we went to eat, have, have, you know, hang out together. So he just said, I'm sorry, bro, but, you know, I just wanted to have a surprise. You know, I was, I wanted to surprise you. <laughs> and, and that was, that was his reason. Yeah, but no, I didn't know have any idea until like maybe right before the game or or something like that that uh, someone mentioned that he was around. 
That's really cool. Benji Molina is continuing to join us. How would you evaluate Wilson Contreras' season? He was one of the best offensive catchers in baseball. He put up a heck of a season offensively. Uh, defensively, he he was what he's always been, but at the same time, it was a little bit different than what catch, what uh, Cardinals fan, fans are used to. Put your spin on what the Cardinals got out of Wilson Contreras this year. Uh, I think it was very unfair what they did before to him. I really do believe inside my heart. I don't know how I would have handled it. I think I would have probably handled it a little, a little different, man, because I don't think I don't think it was it was good for him for his his heart. Uh, that was at the beginning when that problem happened. Uh, but then after that, his brain, his heart, he, his head, you know, kept him kept him right where he wanted to be. You know, he was a strong kid strong mindset guy and let me tell you man once he started getting used to this pitching he was doing good he was doing good it was really sad that that here we are in the major leagues and you start pointing fingers uh at somebody else it could be a third baseman it could be a first base it could be an outfield it doesn't matter you don't need to point fingers at anybody here's the thing uh, i saw many of the games obviously 81 home games uh i did and I saw all of them uh, when Wilson, most of them when he had trouble was when pitchers weren't hitting the spot, right? He went in, the ball went outside. He went outside, the ball went inside. And I kept telling on the on the broadcast, I kept saying, hey, this is not how you win games. This is not how you do it. But I never said it was Wilson. I never said it was the pitching. You work together with these guys. You work together as a team. You become, actually, the pitcher and the catcher becomes one out there if we want to win some games. You want to know why Yadi was very successful? Because he became one with the pitcher out there. And in this case, it was a little rough, you know, at the beginning. So what they did, started pointing fingers that he didn't know how to call the game and things like that. I think it was very unfair. And I'm really, really happy that he got used to the pitching later on and he started doing way better games with the pitching. But also, he had a great offensive year, you know. So I'm very happy for him. Benji Molina is continuing to join us. Can the from a defensive metric standpoint, and again, I don't say this to criticize him because this is who he's always been, and this is exactly the guy that the Cardinals signed. But it is still where he's not one of the best defensive catchers in baseball. What can be done? What can the organization do? Whether it's from you know finding a, a catching instructor, whatever it might be. What would you like to see from Wilson Contreras to make that defense that much better going into next season? Um, I I can I cannot go and pinpoint one thing you know about the defense because I saw many of the pitchers lifting that leg up and having easy stolen bases. I don't know what you refer about the defense. I don't know if it's blocking the ball. I don't know if he's throwing guys out. Not throwing guys out. Throwing. He's obviously, he's got a heck of an arm. It is more just the receiving it more than anything else. Yeah, I, I think it's, it's going to be better. I think, obviously, he he probably have his routine of uh, in the offseason, but it will be good for him to to – to work on the receiving part and work on his body movement, movement and where he locates the, the catcher's mitt. It will be, it will be great for him. Uh, but I really believe that the more he gets used to pitchers, the more he gets used to, the more innings that he catch, he was getting better. Yeah. He was getting better. 
Um, obviously, like you said, he didn't come here with the catching mentality of of somebody like that. He came here for the offensive a lot, but I think he has a lot of potential here. I think he has a lot of upside to his catching. He's getting used to these pitchers. Uh, and remember, these days, it was easy for me to be in the catchers uh, when I was coming up as a rookie and stuff because I had veterans, veteran players throwing to me. These days, you go up there and you try to call a game on these young guys. And it's pretty difficult, man. There's not many young guys that are dialed in yet. So I think it's going to be fine. I really do, man. I really do believe uh, Wilson's going to keep caring. Uh, I know Wilson is going to do uh, his best to, to put this team to, to win more games. And, man, let me tell you this, Matt, real quick before anything. 30 plus, 30 plus we blew up after the seventh inning, eighth inning, or ninth inning when we were winning. Yeah. That, that is 30 plus. Uh, and then you go out to the offense and you see the guy in third base with less than two outs. We were the worst team on, in the big leagues. So you put those two together and you probably are going to have maybe 30, maybe 40 wins that you let go right there. Maybe not, not so much 30 or 40, but maybe 20, maybe 20 or maybe 25 wins that you should have got. So that's where they have to concentrate in this offseason. I agree with you 100%. I said it all season long. I'm not going to tell you that the starting pitching was great, but they could have had their starting pitching, especially before uh, the trade deadline, and if they would have had more bullpen consistency, they would have been right there in the race. It, it was it was the blown saves. It was the games that they were winning that they lost that was the, what took down this team this year. I think so. I think yeah. so, and I'm not saying if you had 30, I'm not saying to win the 30. But if you had 30 and you put it down to 15, um, those are 15 wins. Yeah. Uh, that, and then without counting the, the times that we didn't hit with a man on third, less than two outs and things like that. So um, when you see uh, the playoff teams, they have the winning. You know what I mean? Absolutely. They have their winnings. They do these things. They close out games. And that's why they're in the position they are. So, if you're the Cardinals, obviously, if you were looking at pitching, you need two, at least two starters. Uh, you know, the highest free agency is possible. You need uh, a little help in the bullpen. And, you know, we'll see what happens with the offense because there's a lot of young guys that got the opportunity this year, but also there's a lot of young guys playing out of position. So they're going to have to sit down one day and – in the meetings and, and see and figure out what they got to do. But this, what happened this year, I don't think the Cardinal Nation is going to take it anymore, you know? No, I, I agree. He is uh, Benji Molina, longtime uh, big leaguer, now part of the uh, Spanish language broadcast uh, on Cardinals Radio. Benji, great to talk to you. Uh, it was great to be at the ballpark with you throughout the season. I'm sure we'll talk throughout the off season and uh, we'll be seeing each other before we know it. Yes, man. You guys have a good one. Have a good off season and hopefully the We don't have to worry about this anymore, right? Absolutely. (laughs) Thanks, Benji.
That's Benji Molina joining us here on the Quiver River Electric Guest Line. By the way, update from Milwaukee. The Brewers now lead the Diamondbacks 3-0. That game in the bottom of the second. I think I just saw Tyrone Taylor hit a home run just a few moments ago. One more break. We'll come back, wrap up our number one of the program. It's a Gray Bar Sports Open Line. Don't go anywhere as we roll on here on KMOX. Back at it on a Gray Bar Sports Open Line here on KMOX as we're wrapping up hour number one of the program. And hour number two, right at uh, right after the 7 o'clock news, uh, we're going to give you an opportunity to chime in on what you want to see the Cardinals do, how confident you are that uh, the the Cardinals are going to do something this offseason. So if you want to start getting phone calls, text messages, and tweets, we'll uh, be talking to you just after 7 o'clock. 314-436-7900. 314-436-7900. That's how you call. That's how you text. You can also uh, tweet at me, at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. I thought Derek Gould's answer to my question about the Cardinals painting themselves into a corner with their comments about overhauling the roster, for lack of a better term. Those aren't those their words are mine, but essentially what they've alluded to. I thought Derek's answer that it's not the words that have painted the organization into a corner. It's the performance. It's the results of the 2023 season that painted them into a corner. And I thought that was a really good way of looking at it. And Derek said, you know, the words are just showing how they how they get out of it. And I just, you know, th- look, there's a lot of people. And I, I talk to you all year long on the extra inning show after games. And that's kind of a, especially after bad losses, you do the post-game show. There's a lot of people who are pretty fired up. That's a... That's a that's a time period where sometimes you need to cool down a little bit and there's not a whole lot of cooling down going on in that moment. And I talked to a lot of Cardinals fans who just point blank do not believe that the Cardinals are going to do this offseason what they need to do to restore this team to a place of not just winning the division, but being a team that has a legit possibility of going on a deep playoff run. I still kind of chuckle. And I talked earlier about how wrong I was about this team this year and this season this year. I was. We all were. Well, not all of us, but most of us were. And one of the common narratives coming into this season was that just getting to the playoffs, just winning the division wasn't going to be enough this year. That this team was going to be judged upon their October results. And then they end up not even getting to October. I know where they're at this year. I know that they didn't win the division. I know that they lost 90-plus games. I know that they had a last-place finish. I know all these things. And most teams who are in that position the next year if they get to the playoffs, if they win the division, if they do any of those things, it's considered a success. It's considered a really good step forward. But I still think going into next season, the standard in which the 2023 Cardinals were going to be judged upon remains the same. The standard is still going to be, 
can this be a team that has the ability to go on a deep playoff run? The expectation is that they're going to be better. The expectation is that they're going to be good enough to win the division. And then assuming that those things happen, and it's a big assumption, it's the expectation, but there's assuming that happens, are they going to be built to go on a playoff run? Stand by for the next 12 months before we finally get to start to answer that question. But we'll get an idea this offseason with who they bring in. We'll continue to discuss next. It's Graybar Sports Open Line on KMOX. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, oh, oh. Auto Parts. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. 